Welcome back to Nuxtalk, everybody. This is Thomas and Kyle. Uh, sorry for the delay on this podcast. We weren't able to record right after the Calgary series, but, uh, you know, we're here and uh, we're just going to hop right into that Calgary series. We're going to recap those four games. So, what were your overall impressions on the series? Um, well, you know, we go 2-1-1. One, and one. We pick a possible five points out of eight. So, just right there. We win the series. Yeah, that's a positive. And I think you could really argue all four games, I think the Canucks played really well. I know we lost the first game and, um, you know, we, we really deserved a better fate there. Outshot them heavily and... You know, Mark Mark does that sometimes. He he showed that last year that he can do that for the Canucks, and he does that for Calgary. And um, yeah, he he kind of stole that game, but the Canucks battle hard. Win game two, a really tight checking game two. Myers with the late goal, five minutes left, and then um, game three is is more even. I thought that was probably the most even game of the series. And uh, Brock Besser obviously ties it late with only 30 seconds to go, but we lose in overtime, which was really disappointing. And then, obviously, you head to Calgary, and um, Markstrom gets pulled in the third, and we win 5-1. And Holtby probably has his best game of the year. The lottery line starts to get going, and um, I think you can build off that series. I think there are positives to take away, and really since... Uh, the practice after the second game against Toronto, we have seen a different team and defensive structures back. Uh, I feel like we're playing a tad more simpler. Um, maybe things going forward that we could do better is probably getting in front of the goalie and, and shooting more on that. Granted, we were out shooting Calgary pretty heavily those first couple games, so I wouldn't necessarily say that was the biggest problem, but definitely a positive series and, and something that the team can build upon in the future. Yeah, I agree. I think we're playing, uh, we've just been preaching, we want consistent efforts, we want consistent hockey, and, you know, before the Calgary series, you don't really know what Canucks team you're going to get every night, and I think through those four games, they finally started to find a consistent level of play, and you're right, we were getting shots on net. I mean, game one against Calgary, we outshot them 34-26, to and game two against Calgary, we outshot them heavily. Uh, it was like 40 something to I don't even think we got 20 shots I believe it was 46 to like 16 so I think Mark definitely stole those two games or stole the first game for sure yeah but uh you know I don't think we're playing I don't think we played bad hockey during those games at all no and I think again the points will come you get five out of eight which isn't something to really celebrate but that's positive you know you go on a six game losing streak and uh, you follow the next three games up and go two zero and one. That is positive, and um, I think we're gonna get into it a bit more. But start of I think what we're starting to see now is the team is playing more consistently, and I don't want to maybe push blame on one particular aspect of the team, but I think the coaching has been a letdown, and you can see how our team has been out coached in some areas, especially. Special teams, for example, our power play is still a little stagnant. Um, and again, as teams play us more and more, they're going to scout us more. And We've mentioned it before, we have a hard time adapting. And when you're playing teams a lot, and we're having these four, three, two game series, you need to adapt. You need to be malleable. and um, That's something that is concerning me. And Travis Green has shortened his bench a little, which... Has surprised me because one of the things I've always admired about Travis Green is he likes to run all four lines and he likes to you know get the fourth and third line involved. Getting you know the fourth and third line we've talked about it probably our most consistent lines of the year. And when you have guys not seeing the ice in the last thirty minutes of the game, it's, it's frustrating. Um, but again, five out of eight points, and, and that's something to build upon. Yeah, I think that we definitely. Travis is not, and the coaching staff is not able to adapt on the fly. You mentioned earlier that after practice, we look much better. And I think that's happened a couple times this year. After practices, we have come out the game after. We've made adjustments before earlier in the season. It was defensive zone adjustments, but those have definitely cleared up. Um, and, yeah, like he is shortening his bench, and it's kind of puzzling. 
Like I believe in game one of the Calgary series, we saw McEwen get finished the game with like four minutes of ice time. Like I know Mott is out, right? And Bailey gets hurt in that series, but you know, you still need to be able to roll those lines because we're running into issues where we talked about how good we were playing with the lead earlier in the year. We're now we're running into situations where, you know, that one Calgary game, they come back. Right, game three, where you have a 2 nothing lead and you end up giving up three straight goals. Brock Besser ties it up late to steal a point, but you still lose in overtime. Exactly, and so, you know, it's... I think uh, uh, in the beginning of the year, it was sometimes like, because the defensive structure was so bad, we'd see... Quinn or JT or Brock or PD with a turnover late in the third, and we'd be like, holy crap, that cost us a goal. But now we're kind of seeing the defensive structure cleared up. It's like, those guys are so tired at the end of the games that it's impossible for them to do anything. You'll see Quinn Hughes, like, just sucking wind in the third period. He can't even move out there. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I think you can also add is we've played the most games in the NHL. We've had a brutal schedule. I believe we had... I think it was like 18 games in 30 days or something. So not only is your team just going to be tired because of the amount of games you've played, now you're overplaying your top six. This isn't like, when you look at the North Division, we have some nice elite talent, but it's not like Edmonton's elite talent. It's not like Toronto's elite talent. You could even argue Winnipeg has better elite talent, although I would have my quorums with that. The Canucks' strength is their depth. Yeah. Is their bottom six. We've spent a lot of money on the bottom six. Jay Beagle, say what you will, fantastic faceoff guy. He's played, the, the fourth line has been very good this year. So I'm not entirely sure why Green is, in, is abandoning his own philosophy, right? Like if that's your identity, then stick to it. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm, I, it, we've, we, we mentioned it, I think, back in the Montreal series in Toronto. Um, I think Green panics, and I think he's just throwing something and hope it sticks to the wall, and that's not going to work in the National Hockey League. No, we get into so many situations where we've even only been down one goal. We'll be down one goal, and all of a sudden the bench is getting shortened from 12 guys on the forward end. And he's blending. It's like seven guys that are playing. Um, You know, McEwen has four minutes of ice time in game one, and then game two gets taken out. Game two, three, and four, you had uh, Vertanen and Erickson come into the lineup. Well, one of them was because Bailey gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I also just don't understand Green keeping Erickson in for three games in a row there. I mean, it made Jay Beagle's life a whole lot more difficult because Louie is so slow. I mean, it just... Yeah. It's... I... Like... To me, I don't understand why... The only reason you put Louis Erickson in the lineup is if there's no one else healthy. Why would you have McEwen sitting out for Louis? Well, I mean, Louis is good defensively. And if you actually look at the underlying stats, it, we do seem to win more with Louis in the lineup somehow. But, agreed, is Louis going to do anything for you offensively? No. Are we doing poorly defensively? No. What do we need? Offense. Louis does not fill that need. So for me, it's just, it doesn't necessarily help the team. I'm not saying Louis coming in and we're worse. It's just, that's not what we need right now. We need goal scoring. We need yeah. offensive playmaking. And Louis Erickson clearly uh, is not the offensive playmaker he once was. Yeah. I, I'd go ahead and say that we are worse with Louis in the lineup. I think he just makes the fourth line essentially useless. Well, offensively, completely. Yeah, he just... It, there's there's nothing for them to do. It makes rolling your lines even harder because you just have this guy who can max give you like six, seven minutes a game. It's just... I, I don't really know what to say with Travis. He will have will be down one goal and he'll shorten his bench thinking, you know, let's get the offensive guys. Let's get the top six out there. Let's score a goal. But he plays them too much and it gets to a point where they become ineffective. Well, speaking of too much ice time, what is happening with their first line power play? They stay out for like a minute and 40 at least every single time. Sometimes they just stay out for the whole two minutes. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't really know what to tell you. The, they stay out 
they get tired, then the power play gets stagnant, they don't move. Of course. Then shots get blocked. I mean, you get shorties against, like... And here's the thing, like, you can blame the players. Oh, why aren't you guys going on shorter shifts? The players will never go out on if the coaches aren't saying anything. There seems to be a complete disconnect with the coaching staff and the product on the ice, it seems. I, I don't really know what to say at this point. We've seen the Canucks as a team get better through the course of the year. When you're losing close games like this, and again, Calgary series was better. We got, we were 2-1-1. One, one. Yeah, we won the series. And we, and quite frankly, the only loss we had, we outplayed them heavily. Yeah. So, I don't want to get too negative, and maybe we are a little negative because we know what happened in the Winnipeg series. We obviously dropped uh, two games there, only get one point out of four. It, it begs the question, I mean, what what would you like to see the Canucks do? It seems like we're kind of doing all we can. We've mentioned getting some more shots on net, getting some traffic in front of the net, switching out the power play maybe, but in terms of defensive structure, in terms of 5-on-5 five five play, I wouldn't necessarily say we're playing poorly at all. No, I think in the Calgary series, we actually outplayed them. If you look at the four oh, games. Quite heavily, yeah. And... Markstrom completely stole game one. Yep. Um, Played very well in game two. Yeah, I would say right now the, the issue is, like, we win the series, we win the series five, four in points. I mean, that helps us a bit in the standings. The issue is our terrible start, right? And so we played a lot more games that we're going to have to really start winning to get in. We need so, to be going on three-game runs. Yeah, we need to really start winning. Like, you can't be winning a series... Five four points like two one and one, you know. Say Markstrom doesn't steal that first game, then you go three. You get three wins there. But I, I think the issue that we're really seeing because we are playing better hockey is now we're in tight games, and I think we're losing tight games. And I think that right now is due to we're due to the fact that we're getting out coached. Yes, because we're playing well enough to win every game now. We're in every single game. It's not like the beginning of the year where we're getting absolutely blown out. No, and and I guess at this point, those who defend Green and those who think Green isn't a problem, what does Green do well? Really, besides motivating and saying the right things, coaching-wise, what is Green doing well right now? I mean, for example, Demko plays three straight against Calgary all at home. I thought he played fairly well the first two games. You and I have different opinions on the third game. Whatever. Holpe comes in. has a fantastic game in Calgary. Game four. Stops 35 out of 36. Arguably his best game of the year. No rebounds. Positionally sound. Um, He was active with his uh, puck playing ability. And then you go to Winnipeg. And after that fantastic performance, you put in Demko. Now, I agree Demko should probably be your starter at this point. But just as a coaching decision, that makes no sense. And then Demko plays a great game in Winnip- against Winnipeg, and then you put in Olpe. It's like, are you trying to strip away the momentum? Like, Green was all about re- running with the hot goalie. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it at all. I, I, I don't have an issue with Demko playing game one in Winnipeg. Um, I would have just started Demko both games in Winnipeg, to be quite honest. Hopey played his best game of the year in Calgary. I just think at this point in the season, like 20 games in going into that Winnipeg series, you just need need to establish a starter for the goaltender's sake in riding momentum. And I think they really need to just be able to, you know, one guy needs to know that he's starting and one guy needs to know that he's the backup. And, I know Holpe played well in Game 4 in Calgary, but I look at it as the same situation as, like, Montreal or, like, a team like Vegas. Like, Jake Allen can come in and play a really good game, but that doesn't mean he's going to start the next game. And I know that's a different situation because they have Carey Price, and he's a solidified number one. I just think that overall, Demko's played better to start the year, quite frankly, and I would have just played in both games in Winnipeg. I agree that Demko's been more consistent, but you mentioned Vegas. They don't give a crap who's the starter. They're running in who's with hot. I mean, they started the year with Leonard. Flurry got hot, and then they started with Flurry. I mean, 
I, I don't understand. I get if, let's say, you know, Holtby gets a couple starts and doesn't play well. And then you want to go with Demko for three games, which they kind of did against Calgary. But Travis has been saying the entire year, I'm going to run with who's hot. And you have Holtby, 35 out of 36. You went 5-1. You, you chase Markstrom out. Yeah. And, and, and again, it, Demko did not play poorly Winnipeg game one. He had a fantastic game. And then he switches that up. I, I, I really don't understand that move. Yeah, I just think going with the hot hand is just a terrible strategy to begin with. But if you're going to do that, like you said, he's just he's not even sticking to his own right. His own philosophy. He's just he's just like picking them out of a hat each game. It's ridiculous to see. Mm-hmm. And again, sticking with the own philosophy thing, we've mentioned it just right now. The the, the whole not running your lines thing is is bewildering to me. I I couldn't tell you why he's doing this. Yeah. <laughs> or you know we're we're kind of left speechless here because um if you're not winning and you're losing you want to pinpoint what you can be doing better so you can win and unfortunately I'm not quite sure what the Canucks as a team could be doing on the ice better. I mean I thought we've been playing simple hockey, getting it deep. Um, our forwards are helping the defense more. Our defense have been more consistent. I think power play has been still kind of an issue. Our penalty kill has gotten a bit better. I think we're in the top 10 now. It's frustrating to watch. Yeah, so looking at like, you know, we're mentioning ice time and we're hinting at it because obviously we've seen the Winnipeg series now and we know how that came out. We ended up with one point in two games. So, you know, the biggest issue with ice time, the story that comes out of this last few weeks here is the fact that like Jay Beagle has like one shift in the third period in game one against Winnipeg. Yeah, he had two minutes in the last 30 minutes of the game. Of two, that's... I, I really don't know what to say. And it's in a game where you're down one nothing. Right. It's like we just said, you're in... What, what is happening in close games? We're getting outcoached. But why why is he panicking? I, I don't understand. You're up one nothing with twenty minutes to go in a hockey game, and you completely shorten your bench. I don't know, you know, I've never been the biggest fan of like this is no secret. I'm not the biggest fan of Quinn Hughes's game. He's not my style of defenseman, but his offensive talent is undeniable, right? And so you're losing a game one nothing with twenty minutes to go. You're gonna need him to play some big minutes, and you're gonna need the top six to play big minutes, and you're gonna need them to score. But how on earth can you expect them to go on like two, two, like, you know, it's bad when Sportsnet comes on with their shift tracker. Like, even if you put in like Yulevi for 30 seconds, you put in Ben for 30 seconds, you put in Beagle for 30 seconds at a time, 20 seconds at a time. The whole point is just to give those guys a break because they essentially, what we're seeing is as the third wears on, they're getting chances, they're getting chances. We've got terrible puck luck, right? But their chances are just dwindling because they're just so gassed. And I can't even watch the game and blame the players at this point. I cannot blame the players. Right, and again, Besser had his fourth highest ice time total in his entire career, Winnipeg game one. And the issue is, and you mentioned it, is I get shortening your bench with like five minutes to go, seven minutes to go. That's very understandable, but Winnipeg isn't shortening their bench. Winnipeg is still fresh five minutes to go in the third. Well, we're not. And that's the issue is that will compound over the game. And I also want to touch on this. And I just want to say this right now. Uh, fuck Derek Forbert. I hope he fucking dies in the hole. And I honestly mean that. If someone fucking listens to this and says, oh my God, you're so insensitive. Fuck you. Grow up. Uh, Winnipeg game one. We've mentioned the refs here on this podcast quite a few times. And just historically, Vancouver has never had the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the refs. Three cross checks right in front of the ref, not called. You know what? If you don't want to call that, fine. Fine. Still bullshit. Complete bullshit. But fine. You're, you're letting it go. You're letting it go. Forbrook, Forbert hooks Hoglander. That is so. There's already one. There's already one penalty coming. 
Then he punches and tackles Hoglander to the ice after. So now there's two penalties for Winnipeg, right? And then we jump in the pile. And somehow that all evens out two and four and four. There was a, there was a great lit, uh, lip dub of Besser on the bench saying, what the fuck? How on the planet Earth does that cancel out to a four on four? I have not been that livid at a call since 2012 when Hamus got hooked in overtime and the Kings scored and won the series. It, I, like, for the life of me, I have no clue what the rest were thinking. Uh, what, what, what? Can you give me your idea? Because I don't know what happened. You know, I think in Winnipeg, it was it was definitely a different situation. I think we saw two games of, of playoff refing, which was very bizarre to see because everything's been called so tight this year. And I think that situation was just... I agree. You don't call it the three cross checks fine, but to come out of that situation four on four, it's absurd. I don't understand. Like, you could have just even called nothing and just the two minute penalty, right? And that would have been better. Like, I don't know how like, you... we were already on the power play, and somehow we got taken off it because Forbert tackled Hoglander. Like, it made no sense. The only thing, right? And I'm grasping at straws here. The only thing that I could ever imagine was that. You know, there was some sort of instigating because a couple of our guys had their gloves off or, like, some defenseman jumping in, but it was a five-on-five scrum with everyone in there. Right. And I don't understand how, if there's original penalty called, you come out of there four-on-four. Well, exactly, because that means we somehow got two penalties. Like, somehow in that scrum, they thought... It's a five-on-five scrum, and somehow we get two. Right, and we weren't the instigators. Forbert was. Hoglander had his hands up skating away. And and as a ref, I mean, I ref soccer throughout my childhood. And as a ref, your job is to maintain the rules of the game, but to maintain player safety and to manage the game. Horrible managing of the game by the refs. Because you know in game two, the Canucks are going to have a certain feel a certain way about it. And you saw that. Zach McEwen drops the gloves and kicks the shit out of Forbert. You love to see it. You love to see it. And guess who gets only six minutes of ice time? Zach McEwen. Zach McEwen. Our best shift in the second period was a fourth-line shift. It was a fourth-line shift. was a fourth-line shift. Jay Beagle, Jake Bertanen, and Zach McEwen had a minute-and-20-second shift in the offensive zone and then didn't see the ice the entire rest of the game, essentially. Unexcusable. And if you're a Travis Green fan, DM us on Instagram at Nux underscore talk. Email us. Tell me how you think Travis Green is helping this team win games. What is he doing to win games? I just, I I don't understand. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, we finished yesterday's game. We have a 2-0 lead. We end up going down 3-2. How was there not a timeout called anywhere in there? Uh, what do you say? Uh, like, what are you possibly saving it for? We, It's the second time in the last week then, because the same thing happened against Calgary, where you give up a 2-0 lead and you're down 3-2. Calgary game three and Winnipeg game two are literally mirror images of each other. Up 2-0, you let them three straight, you tie it late, you lose in overtime. Right. And we haven't even mentioned Petey's between-the-legs goal. Petey hit a crossbar. Petey had a great clapper. Uh, it, the, the player <sighs> single-handedly got us a point last night. And yes. Green... Like, to me, he's... He's he's stopping us from being from being better, to be quite honest. Yes, he's holding us back. He is holding us back. Because you look at, what was the issue in Winnipeg? We get shut out, 2-0, nothing, one nothing empty net, right? It's one nothing essentially, sure. in an empty netter. What's the issue after game one of Winnipeg? Well, we all look, and you guys were saying it in the comments. Yeah. What's happening? We're getting a ton of shots with no traffic. And, and give Winnipeg credit. They they held us to the outside very well. They, they defended well. Bersois had some nice saves. We missed some chances, yeah. but didn't shoot it maybe when we could have overpassing a exactly. bit. But yeah. He, he, the, the shots he did have were, were simple saves, right? Yep. And so what did we do? Okay, I can see an adjustment in game two. Last night we came out, there's more traffic. 17 shots in the first period. We're shooting everything at the net. Yep. There's traffic, there's tips, there's rebounds. Well, and, and you get two. Then you get two, and then you get to a point in the game, you're sitting on a 2 nothing lead, and what do you start to do? You start to, for some reason, shorten your bench. Shorten your bench. Yeah. Then you're not getting 
there there were still shots, but we're not getting traffic anymore. Because I think honestly, guys are just tired, so they're not getting to the front of the net in time. Right. And then they score. They score again. They score again. And now you're sitting in a fucking hole, and Petey just miraculously gets you a point. Uh, Green had no doing. No, Green did not help us get a point last night. Like, it, it just makes no sense to me. I, I, I also would have liked Pulpy to have that one that the hit his glove and yeah, the yeah, the second goal. yeah. threw his light. Like, what are you doing? Just Yeah, that's tough. And also, I didn't love the overtime goal. But th- that's, yeah. a, that's a whole but, other conversation. Exactly. And here's the most asinine part of this whole thing. Your fourth line has the best shift of the period. And then they don't see the ice after. It's like Green's like, that was really good. Let's not do that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's bewildering, Tom. And, you know, we, we've been saying it too. Like, you know, you look at last game, our three stars, you guys can tell we've had some defensemen in there. Our defense, even our team defense, is, is not the it's not really a problem right now. Besides Miller's inability to back check. And I wonder if that's because he's getting overplayed. He didn't have a training camp. He had the COVID protocol. Because in the comments, people are saying there is something off. And there is something a little off with Miller. If his heart isn't in it, if his head's in another place, if he maybe he's injured, the lack of conditioning. His offensive game, quite frankly, has been fine. I think he's point a game. That's been fine. It's it, There just seems to be a little lack of detail or intensity or something, you know? Yeah, uh, the game one. You know, breakaway goal where puck hops over Edler's stick. Right. You just see, you can He's see gliding. Miller just glide all the way back. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there is something off. I don't know what it is. Really, you know, I don't want to be typical Vancouver media and, and speculate because you know they're they're going to be doing enough of that. Um, but yeah, there's there's something wrong there. I don't know if it's. You know, I wonder if players are starting to question the coaching. The coaching. I would be. I, I, <laughs> I think JT, as we can see, was like a leader on our team last year. He's a pretty smart guy. You know, these guys are kind of looking like, okay, what the fuck's going on out here? Like, it's a point of our season where we're playing good hockey. We're playing better hockey. Yeah. But a tight game, we cannot win. We com- we abandoned. Last night's first half and second half were completely different games. And it wasn't because of a lack of effort and a lack of play style, to be quite honest. I think in the first half of yesterday's game, we were chipping pucks in and the game one against Winnipeg was really working against their defensemen. I think we went away from that in the second half of last night's game essentially just because we were too tired, right? And when you're tired, it's easier to carry it in instead of chip it in and go get it, right? So I don't blame the players on that front. I think that's a coaching thing that needs needs to be addressed. And, you know, I just, uh, I, I really don't understand. I don't understand shortening your bench in these games at all. Ulevi saw, I don't know if you guys could, could think of anything better. I think he saw maybe like, what, one shift in the last 15 minutes. And Ulevi was playing great. Ulevi's been great all year. Yeah. I've been extremely impressed with Ulevi. And I know maybe he has only one point and... I don't know what his plus minus is, but for a, what, 22, 23-year-old kid who's coming off injuries, never played in the NHL. Yeah, he's played fantastically. Quite frankly, even Nate Schmidt, who's getting Hayden, he's been a little unlucky with the bounces going off him, and he obviously had a blunder where he put it in his own net, and people saying last night he could have kept that second goal out on the goal line. It's, that's a hard play coming back at full speed, and... I really do believe that our defense as a whole is playing just as, if not better, right now. I'm not saying earlier in the season, right now than last year. Like, as a team right now, the way we're playing, I think it's just as good as last year. Granted, we're probably not getting the saves that Mark was giving us. Our power play has been a little worse. And we're playing better competition. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Those are the three main differences. Because our decor, you look, okay, Edler... Other than great defensively. And he's a little slow now, but yeah, he's, slow. He's, he's still chugging along. Myers has been playing well. You saw Fantastic. Myers in Winnipeg just, uh, even in the Calgary series, at a certain point, Myers was like, okay, screw everybody else. I'm just going to take the puck myself. He gets a goal in Calgary. You saw Schmidt just start doing that, just taking it. Yeah. Quinn's been playing well. Yulevi's been playing well. Ben? Ben's been playing well. He made it into our three stars. 
you cannot look at any of the defensemen and say they're playing bad. Like Schmidt, you have to understand, right? Like we didn't see Myers or Ben play great last year, first year in the system, right? Mm-hmm. Coming over from Vegas to Vancouver, it's definitely a change, right? So uh, you can only expect so much with 20 games in, right? 18 games in 30 days, three practices. The guy you can see has gotten better, right? Like uh, the forwards are playing well. A lot of lines gotten going. Well, I, I think I want to touch on another thing because we, you know, we're criticizing Green for shortening the bench. I think that's a fair criticism to make, but at the same time, Jake Vertanen and Adam Gaudet have a combined two points this year. That's not acceptable. They've played probably thirty-five games combined that have two points, and yeah, Gaudet's had some chances, Jake. I mean, Godet missed an open end in game one. Net. That was unfortunate. I, I didn't love Godet's 40 minutes. I thought he had a better last period. Yeah, you I know didn't like Godet's game last night at all. Yeah, I didn't even notice him, to be honest. Yeah, last night, I was like, what are you doing? Right, but that's a lot. Of, like, Jake Vertanen had 18 goals last year and 18 assists, and now he's down to one point in probably 20, maybe 18 games. That's a big leap back. Gaudet the same way. I think Gaudet and Jake had the exact same point per game ratio. Gaudet has one point in who knows how many games. That's a big leap back, and that's a lot of production in your bottom six gone like that. That's tough to make up. So, you know, <laughs> Sutter has six goals. Mott has five yeah. goals. Yeah. Beagle has like six points. That's fantastic. Where's Gaudet? Where's Jake? I... I... Uh... That, that's un, that's unfortunate. I really don't know what to tell you because, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Gaudet, you know, he actually has two goals. He got those two very early in the year, right? So essentially, I agree with you. They've been completely useless to besides like the first right, week. But like three combined points is still horrible. Exactly. Horrible. I, uh, I think, well, for the fourth line for sure. Uh, Mott definitely hurts being out, right? Yep. But we, we do have this depth. We do have these guys that are able to play, right? And... Like, where's Saven? I wouldn't mind giving Saven a chance. At least he can put maybe some offense into the bottom six. Honestly. Like, what's the difference between Saven and Gaudet right now? Yeah. I... I don't know what... Uh, you know, I, I the first thing I want to say is I think it's unfair that Green is shortening the fourth lines of minutes because Mott's out. Like, I think that since Mott went out, Beagle's getting less ice time. Beagle's been fantastic this year. Right. And, and when Mott was in the lineup, you would see that line playing more. Right? They'd get, like, ten minutes at least a game. But they were our best line. They were. And, you know, so that I think that's a part of it. Gaudet and Jake, you know, we see bursts of Jake. Once you know, in a while. in Calgary a yeah. couple games. He just flies down the wing and shoots. Yeah, once in a while you get that. Crashes the net. They both cannot get the puck out of their own end. No, Jake especially. Yeah, Jake can't get it on the wall. Nope. And Adam will just have the puck bounce off his stick in his own end. Yeah, and it's, and Gaudet, I will say, has gotten more chances than Jake. It, and it seems, you know, he's getting shots on that, which is great. But I'm just saying the lack of production, I think... Is hurting us, quite frankly. I think it is. Gaudet hasn't been able to bury his chances. Um, you know, there's trade rumors circulating these guys. But I, I will say, I think it's interesting, like, that there's trade rumors. They're the same age. They're both 24. But uh, I think I think people are giving up on Gaudet a little too quick compared to Jake Vertanen. And, you know, I was diving into the stats a bit deeper, and you see... This is Jake's fifth full year in the NHL. And this is Gaudet's third full year in the NHL. Like, they are the same age, but they had both... Jake finished with 36 points last year, and Gaudet finished with 33, right? Mm-hmm. And so Gaudet did that in his second year, and Jake took him four years to do it, right? And obviously Jake started playing when he was younger, and there's a whole bunch of different factors, right? I think that uh, it's a bit early to give up on Gaudet, Personally, I am a Godet fan. I will throw that out there. Big Godet fan. But I just don't see the need to, to panic too much. I definitely see a lack of strength, and that's a major issue. His underweight, you can just see it. He, Godet cannot win a puck battle, really, to save his life right now on the boards. 
it, it's it's tough to watch. He cannot. And Jake also like, I think a part of it is just Green not putting their line out there. You cannot do much when you're not really playing. He's been a healthy scratch. I mean, what do you want Jake to do for playing with Beagle and Erickson? It's not like yeah. Jake's going to drive a lot of offense by himself. Jake's one of those guys who you stick him with some players who are offensively gifted. He's going to benefit from that. He's not necessarily going to drive a line no. ever. No. So putting him with Beagle and Erickson, you're essentially saying, okay, Jake might get a one goal in 50 games, right? Like, like That's not giving him an honest chance, to be right. honest. And Gaudet has had chances. He needs to put the puck in the net. Yeah, but you know, at least he's getting them. Yeah. You you hope the cookie's gonna crumble his way sooner rather than later, but it has been unfortunate that those two pieces have, have really stuff. dropped off a cliff. Yeah. In terms of production. I, I it goes back to my point about Erickson earlier. That's why I just think it's such a handicap with him in the lineup. It just it essentially makes the other two players on his line useless. What do you want Jake to do? With Erickson can't give him like he can't go forecheck and get the puck for him. He can't go give him a pass in the slot because Erickson's like four strides behind the play the entire game. Yeah, I mean Erickson, his job is literally to get the puck and chip it chip out it and out. get it deep and then get off the ice. Right, and that's fine, but, but that's not going to help the team. Exactly, you're that's what we're doing anyway. You're limiting Jake's chances of any offense. Yeah, and I don't think Jake's seeing any power play time. No, that yeah. See, that's a whole other issue. I couldn't even tell you. All, all five guys on the second unit yeah. because they don't see the ice. Yeah, it's like Schmidt, Hoglander, Pearson, God dead. Myers, Myers was on it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that was another thing. We were talking about the power play being out there the whole time. I think we were alluding to more of the Winnipeg games. Like, last night, you really saw that power play play, like, a minute 40, a minute 30. At one point, I think they played an entire power yeah, play. Yeah, they played the whole two minutes. I... I just... You have the talent to have two solid power play units. You're getting fresh penalty killers out there against a tired power play. And as a coach, you're looking at there and you're like, yeah, that's going to work. What? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, Thomas. <laughs> I, I don't understand. And it's exactly what we've been saying. Tight games. We don't have Vesna goaltending this year. We know that. But the defense has played better. I agree. And we've now, limited shots, too. Yeah, our 5-on-5 five five scoring has been an issue. Yep. And it's because they're so tired. I don't know. Like, we can't even... There's no point in even saying it anymore. Like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, Mott coming back in the lineup, he'll give you, like... You know, maybe he would have had, like, three goals during the stretch where he's been out. But, like, that's not going to be winning us these games, right? But the thing, it could be. If you're losing one-goal games, that, that, that literally could be getting into overtime and maybe winning in a shootout. Right, right. But... Whatever. He isn't in the lineup. So, you got to deal with your current reality. And I think you need to... That's why you need to play those third and fourth line guys more. Like, maybe if you gave them ice time, McEwen would have potted one by now. McEwen's played... I honestly uh, have loved McEwen's game this year. Yeah. The guy he, gets like eight minutes a game. And he was, <laughs> he was out for Erickson for... How did Erickson play four games in a row for us? How did Erickson start in the second line against Toronto, Tom? Think about that. Erickson started on the second line and Hoglander was on the third. And yeah. people still defend Green. I don't know. One thing I will say is, I think Pearson's game has been average this Very. season. Bo's uh, been pretty average. Average. Bo had a hot start, but since then he's been average. I think that what we both noticed with Pearson is, I think with just a year of age, he's he's kind of just lost half a step. He doesn't look super slow, but he just, he looks a bit yeah. slower. For me, like he's either gotten like a tiny bit slower and everyone's gotten a little bit faster or something. You know, he just hasn't. He's Pearson. Yeah. Pearson's Pearson, and we know what he is at this point. Right. Like, I don't know if, you know, Gaudet's production has been zero, but I will say that over their careers, Jake has at least been given the opportunity to play mm-hmm. in the top six. Mm-hmm. Multiple games on the first line, multiple games mm-hmm. on the second line. Maybe Gaudet switching, playing the wing where Pearson plays. You got Gaudet, Bo, Hoglander. Because with Bo on the ice, you don't have to be as good in your own end. You just have to get the puck out on the wall. Because Bo will take care of the middle. Yeah, Bo's also a beast on the faceoffs. Exactly. And maybe Pearson and Sutter, I think, could actually be good. I I don't like Sutter. I hate Brandon Sutter. But I cannot argue that Brandon Sutter has, has not been decent. So, like, down the stretch, he's been pretty good. 
Yeah, he's been he's been all right. I think he's still very passive and right. The speed isn't there, but hey, six goals on your bottom six, you'll take that. And what's even more concerning to me, Tom, is Canucks. I think are either second or third in the entire league on uh, on defensive points. Yeah. Now we have played a couple more games than some other teams, but you're still prorated out. I think we're still in the top ten or top five. So are, are we're the lot of lines playing well. Defense is contributing. Uh, the second line could be producing a little more five on five. I will say they've kind of gone a little. I cold. agree. I agree. But I mean, Beagle has points. Sutter has goals. Mott has goals. I think I think it's really what we've kind of been like hinting at here, but going around is it's really the second and third lines where we're just not finding offense right now. Right, the first, you just said long line's been good. The fourth line's been good. You know, <sighs> defense has been giving points. And our goaltending has been average to good, right? It's There's been games, obviously, where we've let in shitty goals and we're like, okay, what the hell? But we know we don't have Mark, right? That's just our reality this year. There there needs to be some changes. And the issue is the second and third line have... They haven't even... like. Oh, I don't see a coaching change that will jumpstart any offense there. Yeah, the second I, lines remain the same. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. The second line has gone cold. Third line, again, they popped one last night. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily... The third line has been bad in terms of production. I no. think Roussel hasn't done anything this year. Again, we've mentioned Gaudet. We've mentioned McEwen. We've mentioned Jake Vertanen. Erickson, obviously. Those guys haven't produced anything. Essentially, on your bottom six, you have Mott, Beagle, and Sutter producing for you. And that's great. Um... That's like one but then when Mott one. comes out, there's you know a third there's of your bottom six production out, and yeah, I, I think again you know we can talk about a whole lot of factors. The fact of the matter is, right now the Canucks are going through it. We're not getting the break. We're hidden post. The refing's been garbage, which is usual to be honest. Goaltending's been pretty average, and the guys, and, and we're missing some production from Goddard and, and Jake. I mean, those guys are big production guys in your bottom six last year. And I don't know. I, I would like maybe to see a mix-up on the power play, maybe. I would like to see maybe... I know we've criticized Green for blending. Um, he went to the blender in game one against Winnipeg for God knows what reason. No one knows why. It's a one nothing game. Yeah, I. it just seems... Um, you know... Yeah, we're just in a little rut right now, and whatever happens or whatever they try to do, it just doesn't seem to work. You know, I will say with the power play, the second unit needs to be playing a bit more. I've said this all year, and I'm going to keep saying it. You need to find a way to get Bo that puck in the slot. Like, I know the defense is adjusting. I've seen it, right? They're collapsing in on Bo. They're making it tough. But you need to find a way to get him that puck there, right? And I wouldn't mind to see, you know, we always see... JT on the left wall, you see Besser down at the goal line, and you see Bo in the slot, right? And because it, that's because it's Bo's one-timer side. I wouldn't mind seeing, I want to see Newell Brown do something different. Maybe when the puck goes to PD's side, you have, instead of Besser go to the goal line, you have Bo shift down to the goal line because Besser is a right-handed shot. So now Besser's in the slot, and maybe you can run a bumper play with PD, Bo, and Besser from that side, right? Like, it's just what we've been saying of adapting. You can adapt after you have a practice. Any coach can do that. But on the fly, you're showing me nothing. Well, that's, the, that's the key of the game. I mean, especially with with sports, with, with a large amount of players on your team, for example, football, is it's all about halftime adjustments. In hockey, you do need to be adapting and switching things up between intermissions. And again... It, it's weird because we're we're being quite negative right now on a lot of aspects of our team, and I think we would both say that we're playing ho- fine hockey. Oh, we're playing we're well. playing Yeah, we're playing good hockey, quite frankly. Yeah. And, yes, the results are not coming, which has been frustrating. Do I want to see the Canucks completely switch up their entire game? I don't want to see that. But there are some things where it has gone a little stagnant, like the power play. I have no clue why he's shortening his bench, as we've mentioned it just seems like Green 
panics in these scenarios. And I thought he would kind of calm down because Francesco came out and really gave Benning and Green a vote of confidence and kind of calmed down all the fire rumors and yada, 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 which I thought was a good move. It's a pandemic season. You're definitely not going to switch your GM in the middle of the season. Finding a coach right now during a pandemic is going to result in some challenges. And you and I have both said, Gallant is out there. I I go on Calgary fan pages and Ward is even worse than Green. Gallant is out there. Babcock is gone now. He signed University of Saskatchewan. Which is ridiculous. Right. I think he started there, maybe. Maybe that's why he went back. That's, but, uh, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, you go from regular <laughs> NHL coaching, one of the most revered coaches in the world, to... But heck, you know, good hey, for him. The he Leafs, has a job. The Leafs, the Leafs kill anything they touch. What can I say? Fuck the Leafs. <laughs> right. But uh, that's what we're saying. Like, one goal games. And the issue is... The issue why we're being so negative is we're looking at us 22 games in. Teams have games in hand. And we're sitting today at fifth place in the North Division. We have no time for error. Like, our season could, quite frankly, be over in two to three weeks. Right? And it's just unfortunate because we're playing good hockey right now. Yeah, and, and, you know, I will never give up on the playoffs until we're officially eliminated. However, I honestly think that six-game losing streak was the end. We said it before the season in our season preview back in January. You can't go on three-game losing streaks in this shortened season when you're playing against your division the entire season. And we went on a six-game losing streak. And I think we're going to be looking back on it because in our last six, we're 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. We are. And people say, oh, that's 500. Mm, now nah, we're really 2-4, and four, quite frankly. We won two games, we've lost four. And the issue is... is- we can't be winning these series like Calgary 5-4. We need to be legitimately winning series. Like, they need to be... If it's three-game series, you need to be winning 2-1. You need some 3-0 series. Like, I that's agree. just the hole we're in right now. I agree we need those. But let's just win. You know? Like, first things first. You know what I mean, Tom? Like, I agree. 5-4, we do need better. Yeah. But it's better than 0-1-1. Oh, one one. It is. It is. And let's talk about Edmonton coming up. We play Edmonton on a two-game... Tuesday, Thursday series. Yep. And then we get a three-day break. Which is nice. Which is huge for us. And I, I'd like to see the standings after the three-game break when teams have played a bit yep. more. Let the standings relax. Like I, I'm kind of waiting for teams to catch up to us a bit so we can get a real sense of, okay, yes. how screwed are we? Or are we in good <laughs> shape, right? Like It's hard to kind of tell with games in hand, but... But Edmonton. Edmonton. McDavid, Drysdale, they're going just ridiculous. I think Connor has like 30-something points in 19 games. It's That's not good. Um, but it's Edmonton. You know, I feel if we can shut down McDavid and Drysdale, hold them to maybe a point or two points each. Like, it seems crazy, but if we can hold them to two points, one point each, I feel confident that the rest of our team is far better than Edmonton. Far better. A defenseman from Edmonton just went out. He's done for the year. They're already thin at defense. If you want to say Koskinen's an everyday NHL goalie, you're going to want to say that. I think he's below average. It is what it is. You just have a couple of the best players in the world carrying the team. And Granted, Nugent's played well. Jesse Poyarvi's come, and he's chipped in with some nice points. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto, I'm not sure what he's been doing, but he's always impressed me just from afar. Big series against Edmonton. How do you see it going? What would you like to see the Canucks do? Floor yours. Well, I think we're actually in a good spot going into this series because our defensively we're playing well right now. Like I'm not too too nervous about Edmonton really scoring on us too much. Like you just need this point. That yeah, power play's lethal. Exactly. Connor's really hot right now. Leon's really hot right now. But defensively, we are playing well. So. I think where we could get bit in the ass is on turnovers off the rush, which we've cleaned up, right? But that's where McDavid does his damage, right? He's just going to fly down the wing on someone. And, like, that is where we could run into some trouble. But from an offensive standpoint on the Canucks side, their defense is absolute garbage. Their bottom six is garbage, even going into their second forward line. Like, Koskinen is average. Yeah, I think you would have success literally chipping the puck in, mm-hmm. 
getting it and rolling your lines. Mm-hmm. I think if you just did that, you you would win both games against Edmonton. And I'm interested to see what Green does because we are at home, so we do have last change, and so we get the matchup role. Uh, we saw Edmonton adapt very well in the first series of this of, of the season where Canucks win 5-3 in the first game and then Edmonton adapts and they win I think 5-2 or something yeah or 6-2 and so I want to see what Travis does the first game and then how he adapts to the second game because that really is going to be the story of the season yeah I will say we both noticed um it's a good point actually you bring up a Boston they were targeting Edlet, right? Yep. In that first series yes. that they had good, last change. Good memory. So they were putting McDavid out against Edler, but now we're gonna have we're gonna have last change, right? So do you do you like that matchup if you're green? Do you not like that matchup? I mean, I don't. We both don't. It's a the fastest player in the league against a thirty five year old. Probably not, right? But, I don't. I don't even like Schmidt and Edler together. Is it? Together as a pair, to be honest with you. I'd rather have Schmidt with, like, Mizey, but Oli with Edler and keep Ben and Hughes. Yeah, I mean, Yulevi is played well enough to, honestly, I think I think Hughes and Ben is a pair that's not really going to be touched. But the other four, yeah, you could put anyone with anyone because they're all playing well, right? Yeah. He's not a liability right now. Yeah, I think Oli is, like, a younger Edler right now. He's, exactly. He can move the puck, he skates well, he jumps up nicely, he's sound defensively, he plays simple. He's a joy to watch, quite frankly, and we've touched on it. He's impressed us. Right, so, like, I don't think Edmonton, if you can contain McDavid to two points, and you just play like we've been playing, and Travis doesn't shorten his goddamn bench, I think we'll be fine. Right? And so, you know, hopefully we can pick up both wins in Edmonton, because that's, quite frankly, what we need at this point in the season. We're playing good hockey. And, uh, you know, as always, if you guys agree with us, disagree with us, whatever your opinions are, let us know. You can reach us at Instagram at Nucks underscore talk. And that's going to do it for this uh, big, long episode. Uh, sorry for being late, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. And also, just a side note, Thomas and I want to thank uh, all of our followers on Instagram. We passed 500 followers a couple days ago, and we're above now 650, so... For all you guys following on Instagram, we really do appreciate you. Um, you guys in the comments are really passionate. We're really uh, kind of creating a nice little Canucks community there. So um, whatever happens in the Empton series, we want to see you guys in the comments. And we want to hear what you guys have to think. Um, Canucks have some really passionate fans and some really knowledgeable fans. So it's been a joy interacting with you guys. So we'll see you on Friday. And thanks for listening.